You Can Mentor is a podcast about the power of building relationships with kids from hard places in the name of Jesus. Every episode will help you overcome common mentoring obstacles and give you the confidence you need to invest in the lives of others. You Can Mentor. Well, welcome back to the You Can Mentor podcast. This podcast is all about the power of building relationships with kids from hard places. I am so excited about the two people we have in the room today. We have the Gibbons family. There's a reunion in here. We have Caroline Gibbons, the literacy coordinator at Forerunner Mentoring. And we have Mike Gibbons. Caroline, could you share a little more about your dad? Yeah, of course. This is my dad, Mike Gibbons. He's great. He's a directional pastor at MacArthur Boulevard Baptist, which is in Valley Ranch, Texas. Um, He and my mom still live in Coppell. That's where I grew up. My dad is very gifted in discipling. It's a lot of what he does at the church that he's always done, even before he was a directional pastor. Um, He's also very talented at woodworking. It's just kind of a fun little hobby that he has, (laughs) (laughs) as well as reading. That's probably why I'm a literacy coordinator, kind of passed it on to me, a love of reading. So Not the woodworking, though? Also the woodworking. I like to build things, yeah. Does Stephen know that you built those table covers? You did build those. That's right. I did. That's Mm -hmm. very impressive. Well, he helped me. I honestly, I feel like woodwork, like Jesus as a carpenter, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's there's more to be said about that than yeah. people would know. Cause I feel like the devil is in that stuff. <laughs> Anything to do with woodworking is that's the time where I'm most tempted. Fasting, <laughs> fasting is fine for me going without food, but working with wood makes the sin nature just come out. And for Jesus to be able to do that with no sin, that's saying something. That's, that's, Truth. that's a good point, Stephen. I never thought about that. That's very mm-hmm. impressive. Well, so excited to have, you on the podcast, Mike, and to hear more about your experience mentoring kids in your community. Um, as Caroline mentioned, you've been a pastor, you've led youth groups, you've uh, mentored high school students, you've been a teacher mm-hmm. for for a long time, and so you you probably have a lot of experience that we want to glean from. But before we get into your kind of experience mentoring, I want to hear about your own experience being mentored. What sure. was your life growing up? Who was investing in your life? What were what were the relationships that were most meaningful to you in that kind of mentor sphere? Yeah, well, that's a great question. First of all, the one that first comes to mind, I don't even know his name. Right before high school, Christ converted me, regenerated my heart, and the uh, the young man that led me to him, don't remember his name, didn't know him that well, honestly, so I don't know that he would be an actual formal mentor, but he obviously mentored me in the yeah. faith. Yeah, and, and I mean, led you're talking me there. about him right now. Exactly. So. <laughs> um, so I can't wait till heaven to uh, introduce wow. myself and get his name. So, wow. um, so that's the first one. I wish I knew who that was, but I will. And uh, I yeah. just praise God that he, he came into my life. Shortly after that, we moved. So that was right before high school. And shortly after that, we moved my first year of high school to another town. I got in contact through the church and through some friends with a youth pastor at the church that we were attending. His name was Poli Rouse. And he just, he was committed to young men and uh, really loved on them and leaned into them. 
And just a little background, I think, would help to understand why that was important at the time. My uh, my dad, uh, Caroline's grandpa, he's a great guy. He's a good moral person, but I never heard the word God or Jesus mm-hmm. mentioned or talked about at home from him. Uh, no disrespect to him. I don't know that he was brought up that way or even to this day, it's difficult for him to talk about that. So I didn't have a, and I think his theme in our family was self-sufficiency. Yeah. Learn, your, learn on your own, fend for yourself, make mistakes, learn from them, and, and keep on going. It wasn't a lot of direction. It wasn't a lot of conversation about what is best for you and how to approach certain things. So that was difficult at certain points in, in, in time just to be able to have to figure out things on your own. It wasn't that he was absent. I mean, he, he provided for us and he was, he was there, but it, no direction at all. So yeah. You hear that a lot. So yeah. I don't know if you pinpointed the why or you, just kind of understanding yeah. why, why is that a theme that I think a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dad was there, but there were certain things that he didn't talk about. That's right. I mean, just, yeah, learn from your mistakes. Yeah. That sounds like something that a lot of, a lot of men experience their fathers are just saying, figure it out. That's exactly Mm -hmm. right. And I don't know the why, honestly, I think part of the why is just a relationship with Christ and not Mm -hmm. um, leaning into that and thus not being able to pass that on. Mm -hmm. Right. But, it could have been that generation. It could have just been his upbringing. Who knows? But it just it just wasn't there. Yeah. So, at moving in high school and meeting up with with this mentor who was really looking to provide direction and looking yeah. to love and and really support young men and provide. And it's mentoring is not all about providing advice. You're not there as a expert on anything really. You're just walking alongside people, but. It was helpful for me at that time to be able to get somebody that not only was walking alongside me, but was willing and wanting to provide direction and vision mm-hmm. and help mm-hmm. in navigating the difficulties of life, especially in high school. So looking forward. So that was kind of the first, besides the mentor who has no name, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the, anonymous. Uh, the anonymous mentor, but that's kind of the first mentor that, that comes to mind that really set me down the right path. Yeah. So awesome. uh, after that, uh, he, he got called away to another church. Uh, eventually I stayed at, at that church and there was a, uh, a college leader uh, while I was in college by the name of Ken Latcham that uh, kind of took a couple of guys under his wing. You know, he wasn't a pastor. He wasn't a seminary graduate or anything like that, but he just walked alongside us. He was a, he was a successful businessman, had a large family. He just, he was building his house on his own, contracting his house. So he just, he was busy. So we didn't <laughs> have time to just sit down and have a Bible study or whatever, but he just called us over, um, had us over for dinner, um, he, you know, called us over and said, Hey, I got to put up a fence tonight. You guys just come on over and watch or help or whatever. So just seeing him interact. <laughs> I mean, probably, that's probably why you're the woodworker. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. The other guy was pulling aside. He was like, you could just watch. That's we're good right. with, we're good with just Mike helping. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so it was just good. I, I don't really recall a lot of formal instruction there, but just seeing Christ lived out 
mm-hmm. in his family, how he interacted with his family, how he interacted with Christ while he was working, you know, not, not yeah. on the job, but just in, in, in doing physical activity was extremely helpful. Well, I think that's a good point. Just thinking of how much is translated through relationship. It's not just a, here are three keys to life or mm-hmm. having to be able to synthesize deep truths, but actually just love your wife well mm-hmm. and invite mm-hmm. someone to come watch you do it mm-hmm. and watch you build a fence. And <laughs> yeah. Like that those things are actually really huge. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the old axiom, better caught than taught, right? And it's, that was kind of that, you know, he taught, but it was more just watching and catching, seeing what it looked like. So um, just growing up, those were two, two really um, important mentors. And it's been good just thinking about coming and talking to you, Stephen, just looking back at that time and see, seeing how God worked it from conversion and then just leading into someone that knew how to disciple mm-hmm. uh, a spiritual mentor and then leading into someone else when, they, when that guy moved off. So mm-hmm. it's been good to look back. It's been yeah. a real blessing. It's awesome. I knew none of this until this very moment. So I kind wow. of feel like I'm just like learning an entirely new side to yeah, my dad. That's great. I'm <laughs> glad I could bring you guys together. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Have this conversation. <laughs> um, man, well, I, I'd love for you to talk more about, um, yeah, just the impactfulness of mentors being in your life and inviting you in. Cause I, I think really for our mentors, that's what we're really wanting them to pick up is mm-hmm. that they're the inviters. They're the one that needs to take the step and enter into building this relationship. That it's not going to be these kids from hard places who are like, hey, Mike, would you right. invest in my life? Would mm-hmm. you invite me over when you're building a fence? Like, probably not going to happen. Right. Um, it's not going to happen. That's right. And, and so could you, you share even more stories about these guys in your life who are inviting you in and um, any other situations that that you think would be helpful for mentors to hear? Yeah, I mean, I'll just keep going, if you will, if you don't mind, just yeah. a little bit with other mentors. Um, so that was kind of the young years, the younger years, right? Yeah. Um, and I've had two, I've had a couple of peer mentors, adult mentors that um, mm-hmm. without their um, companionship and leadership, I wouldn't, wouldn't be where I am today. Um, and one of them was our previous pastor, uh, Josh Smith at MacArthur Boulevard. Um, I'll never forget the, like the second time we went to that church, he, uh, big church. We're walking in the door with Caroline, my other daughter and my lovely, lovely wife and, um, big lobby. And I just see him out of the corner of my eye, um, across the lobby. And he, he like latches on to us and I see Mm -hmm. him like a defensive back on across the field, just pushing people out of the way. And uh, I'm thinking, man, I'm getting in protective defensive mode here. I wonder if he's going to be tackling our family. But um, he came over, man. I mean, and that's just a physical picture of him pursuing um, men. He had a passion to bring up men in the church mm-hmm. and um, teach, lead, and just once again, walk with them. Uh, life on life. And um, he, he just kind of, I wouldn't say he took me under his wing. I wasn't the only one, but, you know, we'd spend time at the house, have lunch, uh, just some one-on-one time, as well as 
he started a group he called Titus 10. He had a Titus 10 group every year. Hmm. Ten men walking through Titus, which has a lot to talk about young men, old men, and, yeah. and um, mm-hmm. mentoring and leading and discipling. But he, he, he really poured into me. I mean, it, in fact, the first thing he said is, man, I'm all in. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I, you know, I want to walk with you. I want to teach if, you, if that's your desire. But mainly, let's just, let's just serve Christ together. Mm-hmm. And it was really good um, to, to have that at that point in time. And he really provided a lot of information that transformed me, the information leading to transformation through the Spirit. Just the prayers and the uh, and the direction that he provided, and the time that we spent together, we uh, he took that tit- part of that Titus ten group on a trip to Kenya together to teach pastors and to pray for some pastors over there. That was just a epiphanal. Is that a word? Epiph- sure. Yeah. <laughs> Literacy, Literacy coordinator says it is. <laughs> <laughs> we need your help. Epiphanal. There you go. Uh, that was a revelatory trip for me, and that mm. it just real God really spoke to me there, and just seeing how important uh, men were in my life, both previously and now, and yeah. just mm. um, uh, bringing that to the forefront. And you know, I had been doing, like Caroline said, I've, I've kind of been doing, uh, you know, a lot of walking with kids and adults before that, but it just, mm-hmm. the importance of it really came up to the forefront yeah. with that trip. I think you're adding a really good thing to our conversation with mentors is, is really the, most of our conversations are about our, our river out, mm-hmm. not the river in mm-hmm. of the, the people that are mm-hmm. investing mm-hmm. in us mm-hmm. and how vital that is to not just have someone who is nameless and faceless who led us to Christ but actually in every season, who are the mm-hmm. people that are investing in us that we can take from what they've given us to give away to others? That's and right. mm-hmm. For every mentor, the, the onus is to, to be mentored That's right. while you're mentoring. Yeah. So yeah, it's really good. Could you talk about that process of, of acknowledging this is a, a calling in life, that the things that these men have done, I'm to do with others? Yeah. And I think it is a calling for me, but let me just expand that a bit because to me at least, I think it's a calling for all of us. I mean, mm-hmm. Matthew 28, you know, Christ says, go, go therefore to make disciples. Mm-hmm. Mentorship is at least involved in discipleship. If they're not, if they're not the same, they're, they're at least together, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So I think that's something that we're all called to do. It may not look like picking up a kid from a hard place, you know, to, to go to a ranger game or something on a particular night, but all of us are called to do something like that. It may not be signing up for forerunner mentoring, right? But mm-hmm. it's your daily life and in your church life, or if you're not in church, it's, it's something else at work or whatever. It's, it's something that we're all mm-hmm. called to do, right? Does that make sense? But I do, th- I mean, just in, in my life, it's looking back how at the importance of it, 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 and like I said, with, with Josh working through that, it just does seem to be at the forefront of, of my mind. Mm-hmm. My dad used to work at Fidelity Investments for a very long time. Didn't very, you work at Fidelity Investments? I did, yes. <laughs> Can we say Fidelity Investments on air? At a financial firm. <laughs> Um, <laughs> sure you can. Okay. I don't know just that they would sure. like it very much. But really? Who knows? Know. I'm just teasing. Who knows? Go ahead. Anyway, my dad used to work at a financial firm for a very long time. For what, 25 years? Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Um, so very different sphere of daily life. 
And then you transitioned kind of through the encouragement of people like Josh mm-hmm. and also Ricky Primrose, right. who's also a pastor at MBBC. Right. Um, you transitioned into more of a ministry sphere. Mm-hmm. Now, you are you were definitely doing ministry while you were at that financial firm and you were still involved at church and stuff like that. But how was kind of the transition and just the um, how did they equip you to make that move into ministry? And mm-hmm. like, what are some differences that you saw before, after, et cetera, just kind of lean into yeah. that a yeah. little bit. No, that's a good question. Um, well, let me start with the second question last. I mean, obviously there's there's a major difference in that in a career or a work setting, um, although there are obviously Christ followers, typically mm-hmm. wherever you're at, mm-hmm. but I would say where I was at least, most of them were probably not Christ followers, so that's a huge difference. But in the end, as you guys say, relationships change lives. It's all about the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, just living your life in front of them, they should notice that there's something different about you. So it may not be as vocally apparent. In other words, you can't necessarily voice a lot, but it's still the same life style. Mm-hmm. So they see that before I left Fidelity. I had a couple of guys that came up to me and just said, hey, would, would you mentor me? You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I said, well, why, why me? You know, <laughs> I didn't necessarily say it like that. But I said, well, sure, I'll do that. But I want you to understand I'm not just m- going to mentor you for work. I'm not going to do this just mm-hmm. so you can get a promotion mm-hmm. or tell you how to better your career, although that'll be part of it. But we're also going to talk about things that feed into that, including your emotional and your spiritual maturity and whatever else is feeding into your life. We need to talk mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. Um, th- that's a difference in that I think the motivation is shown in a different way. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? But it's it's still the the same why. I mm-hmm. mean, it's still the same. We We want to build a relationship with them to show them how to build a relationship with God. Yeah. Right, which eventually leads to helping in their relationship with others. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, hopefully, that answers your second yeah. question. the The first question, in terms of just kind of moving from financial services or a business career into a pastoral career, is a little bit more complicated. When Josh first kind of started talking about that in pastoral ministry, man, the first thing I said was, "No, I'm not." <laughs> That's not me. I'm not adequate. I don't know what the Nephilim are. I don't. Who's this guy named Melchizedek? I mean, I can't. I can't counsel the, the hard cases. I'm nobody, just not. Nobody a knows those things. Man. Well, that's true. I was hoping you'd tell me who the Nephilim are, man. Still don't know. Uh, is that how you say it? Nephilim. Nephilim. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I mean, it just took me back. It's like I cannot. I can't. I can't do that. I'm not equipped. And Josh's answer was, well, that's exactly why I'm asking you to do it, because Mm -hmm. you understand that. Mm -hmm. You understand that you're not adequate in your own power. Mm -hmm. Um, God has given you gifts, skills, and abilities. Yes, they came from him, but the power to do this has to come from him also. So that was a real real eye-opener for me, Mm -hmm. which intuitively, I mean, I, I probably knew, but my sin nature, I'm like, man, this is all on me. Well, it's not, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it depends upon the power of the spirit to, uh, to give me and, 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 and 
infuse me with with the power to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was there was a lot of equipping just in terms of seeing how he worked through pastoral ministry, including counseling and um, leadership and administrative type things. But um, it was more prayer and mm-hmm. just leaning into me and saying, "Man, have, have you prayed about this? Are you are you ready to?" Are you ready to depend upon God's spirit, on God's power for us to do this? So mm-hmm. yeah. um, he worked through some, we worked through a kind of a leadership training type program um, with a couple other guys. But that transition, the transition kind of began right there when I realized that, yeah, I'm not adequate to do this. And I think that ties into mentoring. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because none of us are really adequate to handle those hard kids mm-hmm. is that or hard cases or kids from hard places, right? I mean, we haven't experienced everything that they've experienced. We got to depend upon the spirit, submit to God's word and depend upon the spirit to uh, not do this in our own ability, mm-hmm. but in his, in his power. So good, Mike. Yeah. I think it's just a great reminder, like, especially because we have mentors from every every career known to man you know we have people in all different kinds of areas so i just think it's a great reminder that you don't need a seminary degree and you don't have to know all these things like you like you said you depend on the word and the spirit right um and you submit in prayer i think there's a there's a danger if you feel like you know everything yes absolutely exactly right (laughs) and i mean yeah being a mentor is you are constantly learning Mm -hmm. and having to grow and there's a humility that's required of every mentor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think that's, it's really huge. Yeah. And I mean, just kind of like what you said about Josh is like, well, let's, let's learn how to do this together. Yeah. Might may not be learning about the Nephilim, but, <laughs> but I, I just think that that's, that is a huge posture that mentors have to have. Oh, of, yeah. I mean, we're saying you can mentor, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean that this is going to be easy, that right. it's mm-hmm. going to be natural even. Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of situations. Yeah, I hope I didn't downgrade your title there because <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should add with God, you can yeah. mentor. <laughs> because I do think you can mentor, and I think everybody that's a Christ follower can mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the realization that, that you're depending on God's Spirit to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I'd, I'd love, I mean, you sound really smart right now. And so maybe we should <laughs> humble you and ask you about mentor relationships that haven't worked. They, they were in that learning process where you were figuring out how to mm-hmm. do this well. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any stories you could share? Yeah, I got a couple. Um, well, probably more than a couple, <laughs> but I'm only going to admit to a couple. right? <laughs> um, thinking now about a young man that, um, that I mentored as well as led a small group that he was a part of um, through, oh man, through all of his middle school years and all of his high school years, who right before he went to college kind of fell into some sexual sin. Not fell, but he knew what he was doing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a choice. You don't just fall mm-hmm. into that. But after we've, you know, I had had multiple discussions and conversations and answered his questions about uh, God's plan for sex and intimacy. And um, he just fell into that. And I I think the learning that I get from that and that what I've learned over these past few years, too, is the importance of community Mm -hmm. in that 
um, when you isolate your mentoring relationship from community and from others, I mean, God has built us for social interaction. He's built mm-hmm. us for community. He's built us for fellowship. I mean, that's what the church for believers is all about. But when you isolate that relationship that you have with your mentor and there's no, perhaps he doesn't see others that are in mm-hmm. other of his peers that are in that same position that he can go to yeah. mm-hmm. and talk to, or he just, he, he always goes back to a family that doesn't support it, which you can't help a lot with mm-hmm. that. But the importance of having other peers of his age or his season to be able to, that he can talk to beside yourself. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're saying just in the sense of validating your message of the, the things that you're speaking into his life, do others agree with what you're, what you're saying, what you're pouring in? And if you're isolated as a mentor, you can become this, maybe even a standard of, well, that's great, Mike, but this is reality over here. That's right. That's right. I think it's both of those. I mean, uh, it's not necessarily just that he's only looking to you. And if you're, you know, if you're not there, then he doesn't know how to proceed or whatever. But it's, it's also that if he sees himself in a position and starts thinking, you know, Mike and I talked about this. Let me call Joe, who Mike's also mentoring and talking about and, or text Joe and let's, let's figure this out. You know, I need some help right now. Mm-hmm. So a, a community of his peers that he knows he can call on besides just me. Does yeah. that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the church is, right? We're, we're here, uh, both the universal church and the local church, to, to help each other to glory. And we're, we're uh, walking with each other and um, exhorting one another and encouraging mm-hmm. one another. Maybe I'm making it too extreme, but I just think as mentoring, we also need to think about the community that we provide for him if we're able to. We're not always able to, mm-hmm. right? but just other people that can come around that mentee also. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. With that, with that same relationship, because the, the truth is that that's consistent with a lot of mentor relationships that it'd be great if we could just extract all of our knowledge, put it into <laughs> them and allow them to live their life as we would live their life. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's just, we can't do that. All that's, right. that's not the reality of the situation. And so with that understanding of the outcome, I can't control. God is in control. He's sovereign over this relationship. What are some things that you can personally acknowledge that God's hand was on within that relationship that keeps you from feeling discouragement, that keeps you from giving in to, I guess, that feeling of, I haven't done enough. I didn't do it right, mm-hmm. and, and all of those things. Because right. I think those are emotions that every mentor feels. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, for me, it just goes back to grace and just the fact that um, Christ gives us that grace. I mean, we're all still sinners, and so that grace is still there if we've repented and trusted mm-hmm. in Him. But just keep going back to that and saying, that's what keeps me going, you know, because yeah. I, I need God calls us to share that grace and that love with others, love God and love others. So I hope that's answering it. I just kind of lean back on that grace and say, yeah, this is a little annoying or this is a little frustrating or I'm really tired, but um, God fills me with that grace to keep going and to look and see compassion, Yeah, you know, with, mm-hmm. with the mentee that says, you know, I've been there. 
don't don't stop mm-hmm. talking and, mm-hmm. and persevering with him. Just to have the relationship, not to try to be the expert or to teach him something necessarily, but just you got to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's great too, because like you said, like the the relation the mentoring relationship doesn't end there. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't end after you know that guy that you were mentoring made a poor decision that's not it's not like the book end of your mentoring relationship you don't close that door like you continue because you've been extended grace yeah you extend grace to him and you walk through that and you continue and you keep pushing oh that's good um so i think that's a great just kind of reminder and encouragement Mm -hmm. yeah that's really good i i feel i feel like you pretty you glazed over the fact that you said you mentored this kid since middle school (laughs) through high school a long time like (laughs) Mike, that's huge mm. to to say that you invested your life in a kid for 10, mm-hmm. ten years. Mm. Yeah. No no one does that without experiencing that grace for from mm. from the Lord and saying, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna sacrifice ten years of my time. It's not an entire ten years, sure. but for ten years, I'm gonna be emotionally invested in this kid's life. And I'm carrying him in prayer. I'm carrying mm-hmm. him like you're thinking about him every week, every right. day. Right. I mean, so can can you just kind of share a little more about that process of, of what it looks like to carry someone in your spirit for, for 10 years? Because mm-hmm. it sounds like you're not going to mention it, but <laughs> that's that's a I think for all of our mentors, I would mm-hmm. I would love to see all the little kids mm-hmm. in our program. Mm-hmm have someone carry them for 10 years mm-hmm. in their heart and in yeah. their prayer life. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't know if I know how to answer it. I, I'm going to have to go back to grace and um, the power of the Spirit. I mean, I don't want to sound super sp- spiritual all the time because... You are. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, I mean, because it does take, uh, I guess, perseverance, but... Um, and I'm I, also I'm gonna I'm gonna push you a little bit there because okay. I know you're not gonna talk about yourself in this way. But one of the great things about my dad is that he is super consistent. He's very regular. He never drops off the face of the planet. You know, you always know that you're gonna be there. And so I see you regularly texting guys that you mentor, like in your discipleship group. You regularly text them. You see them on a consistent basis. Um, I know that you're a man of prayer, um, and that you consistently lift them up to the Lord. So those little things, I think that just kind of build on each other, like you're not doing just one of those little things for an entire 10 years, but you're actually, you're, you know, combining those to really provide a foundation for that mentoring relationship. And I think that's huge. Just those regular, consistent little bite-sized pieces, if you will that eventually it's 10 years have passed and you've known this guy for 10 years and you've built that relationship with him. And it was because you started getting to know him and you texted him on his birthday and you, you know, you did those things that built that. Well, I appreciate that. There's a flip side to that consistency (laughs) though, right? (laughs) Always. (laughs) (laughs) That you can probably talk to about being annoying too. (laughs) Uh. So I I don't know if I answered that question, Stephen. Um, you didn't. I probably <laughs> I know didn't. I didn't. I I don't know how to answer that honestly. I think it. Uh, I mean, like for for people who, I guess for for me running, like I've been running a mile a day. I've been trying to do that. Very yeah, you have. nice. When I don't, 
and I go back mm-hmm. out, it's a lot harder yes. to get back to where I was. But when I'm consistent, I find myself running further and further and further, not out of this intentional aspect of I'm trying to run further, but mm-hmm. it's just because I'm running mm-hmm. consistently that I'm running further than I thought I ever could. Right. Yeah. And so I, I feel like what I'm hearing Caroline say that you're not saying <laughs> is that this is an ingrained yeah. practice uh-huh. in your life that you don't recognize is running behind the scenes mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's just life to you. Yeah. That's and, good. And I think for, for every mentor, this is a muscle that I think mm-hmm. for a lot of us, you, you have to start growing and it's, it's difficult to transition into that mentality of, I think what we would call is the kingdom of God. Yeah. That, that living in this reality of self-sacrifice, like selfless love, unconditional care, compassion mm-hmm. for others, that that's not necessarily natural, that's, yeah. but that's, that's the life and love of Jesus that we are growing in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what's being displayed as we practice the ways of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good. I mean, that, that, that makes me think, um, because a lot of our life is just habit, right? I mean, we don't make conscious decisions to overeat or necessarily not <laughs> exercise. It's just... You know, when we sit down at the at the dinner table, I also table, find myself eating more too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, me too. But but you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. we sit down at the dinner table, and it's like uh, I'm just shoveling me, it in. Yeah, it's just a habit. And so I think that's a good point, Stephen. In that it's those disciplines of grace, it's those habits that you just build into your life. And I'm not trying to build myself up. I'm just thinking about what you just said. It's this is those habits that we have. It's like it becomes where you don't even have to think about it. You just yeah. text or you send the email or, mm-hmm. or, or whatever yeah. that, which reminds me too, I'm, I'm, I've got four or five uh, guys that I'm discipling right now in, in a small discipleship group. And one of the uh, things that we're trying to hold each other accountable for is reading the Bible every day. And so I, we struggle, the, we, all of us were struggling with that mm-hmm. And I said, all right, I'm putting myself out there. I, I'm going to send you guys an email every day with my Bible journal, with what I'm, what I'm reading that day. And um, at first it was like, man, I got to send this. Otherwise, they're going to be on me next time. <laughs> you know, I got to read my Bible today, yeah. um, which was part of the reason I did it. I wanted to hold myself accountable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but now I look forward to that. It's become such a habit it's so ingrained that that's the first thing I do when I get up in the morning yeah. um, is, is open the word, read, journal, type it up, and send it off. And it, it's just a habit now, and I don't even think about it. Does that make sense? What, yeah. I think it's kind of going back to what you were saying. It's just, man, that's just part of, mm-hmm. just part of what we do. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. good. In your mentor relationships, have you had regular conversations with with someone in your life of how your mentor relationship is going? Because I, I think that level of accountability I think is really important for mm-hmm. men, men and women who are in this, this place of mentoring kids from hard places. Right. Who are the people that you talk with and share how those things are going? No, that's good. Um, yeah, definitely. My peer, the, the, the guys that are mentoring me mm-hmm. um, are, are mainly probably the ones that I'm, I'm talking to. Obviously, family, although 
Caroline may not know as much about it as she's <laughs> as she just said, but you know, I, uh, under a rock. Up here. <laughs> <laughs> but but obviously, your spouse is involved there too. But it's mainly the accountability, for lack of a better term, which I guess can be overused. But it's those guys that are mentoring me right now. My current pastor Ricky, and then mm-hmm. the other directional pastors, um, just keeping them informed. To say, man, will you pray for Joe? You know, in our last at our last meeting, he's having some tough times, you know, just that type of thing. Um, so that's, and, and to get their counsel also, right? Yeah. Just to try to that's really good. see if they've had situations um, like this before and and then to just get the exhortation to keep going. Yeah. You know, so. That's awesome. Yeah, mentoring on an island is not recommended. Um, right. Uh, this, is, this is a great thing to do in community. Yep. Mm-hmm. And to learn how to do it to grow in doing it and to encourage others to do it as well. So Mm -hmm. I think that's amazing. Just to kind of look at another side of mentoring. And this is something that you did with like me and Sarah. Um, Those of you listeners out there, Sarah is my younger sister. Clarification. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So like I recognize you are my dad. So this looks a little different, but in a way that is a mentoring and discipleship sure, relationship. I you, would say so. Yeah. You are discipling me and Sarah and hoping that we would be followers of Christ, which we are. Um, so great job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like one of the things that like I saw in that, that really genuinely made such an impact in my life and just our relationship is like regular things, but like fun things like you, set aside time for what we called a daddy daughter date once a year it was skip day and like we you took us out of school it was a surprise he would like come in on a monday morning and be like you're going out of school today and we would leave school and we would go and we would watch a movie and walk around the aquarium and just like spend time together Mm. um and that time was just so rich with conversation and memories and just having fun together Um, that it kind of opened the door for deeper conversations Mm -hmm. during that time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think things like that, you do such a good job of. And that was once a year, but I literally, I think about that all the time Mm. because it happened every year and it was fun and it made an impact. Um, And so I think those things that like, maybe it doesn't happen every single week, but Mm. just like a tradition of really like living life with people and making room in your life for them is so impactful. Um, so I think that's something that you've done really well. And I've, you can do similar things in a mentoring relationships. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, yeah. I appreciate that's just something you else. saying that. It's bringing yeah. a tear to my eye. Those are the two best days of the year. Skip <laughs> day are. with Caroline and Sarah. Mm. Come on. But, you that's know, um, some of the best parenting advice I ever got was something that somebody told me is just find out what your kids love. Mm-hmm. And spend time with them doing that, mm-hmm. and it connects it connects people. And I think that's important for mentoring too. Absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, find out what that that kid from the hard place enjoys doing, and just do it with him. Yeah, and be with him, and that builds the connection, just mm-hmm. like what you were saying, which leads to other conversations, mm-hmm. just like what you were saying. Um, yeah. So yeah, just finding out what they love. Yeah, yeah I guarantee you, you didn't want to go see a Selena Gomez movie every single year, but you did. <laughs> Come on. There Dad. were a lot of them there right in a row. But like Caroline, I mean, she loves dance and she loves art. Well, I'm a horrible artist and I can't dance. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
you know, we would go to see, we would watch an old musical or we would yeah. go to a stage Broadway production of Mary Poppins or, yeah. or whatever. And that probably wouldn't be the first thing that I would necessarily <laughs> tick off to go do by myself. But if Caroline's going, I want to go, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with mentoring. Maybe they, they love baseball. Maybe they've never been to a baseball game. Man, go to the game, even if it's a, you know, minor league rough riders or whatever. So <laughs> yeah. no, I appreciate really you bringing that up, but yeah. time. Yeah. Is it mentoring can usually feel like it's, I need to get you interested in everything hmm. about yeah. my life. Right. When it's actually the opposite. Yeah. That's right. I'm going to humble myself, make myself available to get excited about what you love. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that places value in the person you're investing in. That's so, right. Yeah. Man, I think there's so much truth and practical advice that you can take away from a good parent like you, Mike. And so thank you so much for, the things that you shared, and I've I've loved having both of you at the table because <laughs> I, I think it just creates a, a really interesting dynamic that I I hope um, other parents get to experience and see. Mm-hmm. And I love the value that Caroline sees in you that surpasses what you give to the family. Mm-hmm. Like she knows what you've given to her. She is jealous for other people to experience as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's really attractive. And that's. That's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much, Mike, for coming and sharing Woo-hoo. on the podcast. Yeah, well, it's been a privilege and an honor. I appreciate you asking. If anyone wants to connect with you, ask you to mentor them, Sure. how do they get a hold of you? I'm on the MacArthur Boulevard Baptist Church website, which is MacArthurBoulevard.org. And uh, I've got an email address there as well as a phone number and an ugly mug. Um, so you can see what I look, at, look like. <laughs> Yeah, or you can see him at Taco Joint. Cause Taco Joint, yeah, yes. that's right. A fan now. Simply Tex Mex, simply awesome. <laughs> wow, mm-hmm. can you say that on the on air? Taco Joint, Fidelity <laughs> I Investments. I don't know where you're getting all <laughs> these things know. that we can and cannot say. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Well, that was a great episode of the You Can Mentor Mm -hmm. podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If there is any way we can help you grow in your mentor relationship, uh, don't ask us. Go ask Mike uh, (laughs) at MacArthur Boulevard Baptist Church. So, um, so thankful for his investment into our mentor experience. And so please check out the show notes to connect with him if you have any other questions. Um, And if you picked up anything from this episode, just let it be this. You can mentor. Or with God, you can. <laughs> <laughs>